Welcome to another episode of the Digital Insight Podcast, where today we look at Apple's iOS 15 update and examine the ramifications of the death of third-party cookies. And we ask what the new rules of digital privacy will mean for e-commerce and data gathering. Joining me to explore this topic is Chris Baldwin, VP for Marketing and Insider. Hello and welcome to the Digital Insight, the technology, procurement and supply chain podcast that delivers valuable C-level perspective into the core issues surrounding business transformation and digital disruption. Each episode will bring you the most inspiring executive insights from those who are leading transformation strategies within the world's biggest and best-known companies. The Digital Insight. Disrupt. Transform. Well, I'm delighted to be joined on on this episode of the Digital Insight Podcast by Insider's VP for Marketing, Chris Baldwin. Welcome, Chris. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Well, it's it's great that you could take the time to speak with us. And today we're going to be looking at iOS 15, quite timely, and the the kind of uh, much-vaunted death of third-party cookies with the new rules of privacy and and what they might mean for e-commerce. But first of all, to begin, Chris, could you tell us a little bit about your role at Insider, how you're helping organizations connect data for individualized cross-channel customer experiences? It's a bit of a mouthful, but I'm sure you can explain all. <laughs> yeah, of course, I'd love to. So, yep, like you mentioned, my, my role is Vice President of Marketing at Insider. So I'm essentially responsible for the regional go-to-market plan, campaign execution, camp-based marketing. Um, Insider is a single marketing technology platform which essentially helps brands and retailers deliver personalized cross-channel experiences in a nutshell um our platform allows marketers to connect data across their different channels um be able to orchestrate the platform allows marketers to connect data across their different channels um be able to orchestrate experiences across all those channels deliver growth um, we're actually trusted by around 800 businesses uh, around the world, including many of the Fortune 500. Brilliant. Well, thank, thanks for that uh, background for us. But, but the way marketers connect with, with customers across any digital landscape is going to continue to throw up new challenges. And, and with each new iteration of Apple products and the excitement they generate, it is often foreshadowed by an annual iOS update, which might draw breath from your community. But so iOS 15 has landed and we know there are two big changes set set to affect marketers. And what are perhaps if we start, what are the specific ramifications of male privacy protection? Yeah, so I think even before going into male privacy protection, I think it's important to recognise just the sheer significance of Apple's mail app um, to put those features into context. So Apple is currently the world's largest email sender. It actually delivers around 40% of the world's commercial and transactional email. So pretty, pretty hefty. It's second only to Gmail. Um, but the mail privacy protection feature, which you mentioned, essentially it stops senders from using invisible pixels to collect information about the mail app user. So it prevents marketers from knowing when an email has been opened. Uh, For the user, it masks their IP address. So it can't be linked to other online activity. It can't be used to determine their location. And essentially means marketers will no longer be able to accurately track email engagement, including open rates through the Apple Mail app. And, And how will Hide My Email further impact marketers? Yes, so the hide my email feature totally masks a user's IP address. So 
when someone installs the iOS 15 update, users will be asked when they first go to the app whether or not they would like to enable this feature. I expect that the uptake will probably be quite large. And when enabled, it means emails will be forwarded to a remote and encrypted email address. So marketers won't be able to distinguish between genuine and temporary email addresses. So it affects our ability to make educated assumptions and conclusions regarding email engagement. Uh, and that's all the way from open rates to bounce rates. Um, and some initial tests uh, that have been run um, in the industry have shown, even in some cases, Apple is preloading images in an email, even if that email has not been opened by the user, which means for us marketers, almost all emails sent to recipients using the mail app will have falsified results, including open rates. And it's really important to note that the mail service doesn't matter. So whether a user has a Gmail email address, an Outlook email address, if a user is viewing their mail through the Apple Mail app on iOS 15, iPadOS 15, or Mac OS, then their privacy selections will be used. Well, obviously, there's a big challenge there. So how can marketers navigate these transformational updates? Yeah, I don't think... I mean, the iOS 15 update, uh, it's one of many new updates that marketers are having to navigate when it comes to privacy. Um, Like you mentioned, the death of third-party cookies in 2023. Essentially, we're moving into a, a totally new space and marketers have to proactively try and overcome these challenges. Um, I think it's important to recognize that these changes have been brought in really as a result of poor self-regulation across the industry. You know, there's a huge chasm between good marketing and what that looks like um, and maybe not so good marketing. And, you know, these accelerating changes, they're all part of a a consumer-based mandate, but it it is possible to overcome them. Um, And I actually think marketers will get a lot of benefit in the long term. I think consumers will... um, as well because when we talk about privacy we have to talk about personalization you sort of can't talk about one without the other um, these days and they go hand in hand one of the reasons we're facing these stricter privacy measures is because of a lack of meaningful and relevant personalized marketing so i think the way to overcome that and provide an exceptional customer experience is through a strategy of invited personalization and What I mean by that is marketers not relying on third-party information or data as part of their engagement strategy, but instead they focus on a first-party data exchange. So consumers are willing and able to share their preferences, share their information in exchange for a hyper-personalized experience. So they say that with every challenge there, there may be an opportunity then. So perhaps the launch of iOS 15 isn't all doom and gloom. Yeah, I certainly think so. I mean, wherever you've got a challenge, you've got opportunity. And I think where the opportunity is here is it's a real opportunity for the industry to reset. You know, brands and retailers, they need to be looking at building very authentic, value-driven relationships with their customers, and not just on email, across all their channels. Um, So it's a time for marketers to really refine what their value proposition is for their customer. And I think for us, because, hey, we're all consumers and customers as well, hopefully we'll see 
you know, fewer messages landing in our inbox. We might see fewer messages being targeted across other digital channels, but hopefully the relevance of those messages and the value that they bring to us will be a lot higher. Um, and, you know, when we talk about invited personalization, it, it's around, it's about gathering data directly from the customer in a way that allows you to understand them at a deeper level and, and respond to that. Um, and I, that's that's the big opportunity for me. I know recently Insiders Leadership and Experience Summit reshaped Wrapped. And um, what was the reaction to this news and these changes for iOS 15? And what perhaps some of the approaches to the death of third-party cookies were, were being discussed? Yeah, it's an interesting one. So we, we discussed a lot of different trends and topics at reshape. Um, one of the biggest topics that came out across the board uh, in most sessions was the increasing need to be authentic um, in everything a brand does. And I think that feeds very, very heavily into issues of consumer privacy. You know, we always encourage our customers to communicate with relevance or do not communicate at all. It's better to say nothing, to send no email rather than send something that's totally generic. It's not value driven. It's not personalized to me as an individual. Um, and I think that certainly came across through the themes that were discussed at, at Reshape. It's an interesting point because I think we, we, we all wake up each day or come home from work to the doormat and various flyers that might have no relevance to us. And I think perhaps we're perhaps seeing a point where we're going to move beyond digital flyering, if you like, almost to the point of just being targeted, like a scattergun approach to, a, like you say, a much more targeted and personalised one. Yeah, certainly. I mean, and I don't know what your inbox looks like, but I certainly know that my my inbox does look like that scattergun approach. You know, I get emails sometimes on the dot. I can almost set my calendar by when I receive a newsletter twice a week, once a week. Um, and the reality is I spend very little time reading and engaging and responding with those brands and retailers unless they actually have an element of personalization and it's linked to me as an individual, my interests, what I'm looking for. Um, I won't name names, but you know I've been a customer of one of the big UK supermarkets for a long time and you know I have part of their loyalty scheme. So they have a wealth of information on who I am as an individual, my purchasing habits, and I'm still being targeted with women's clothing. Uh, <laughs> Which, you know, it's just, it's not good enough from a consumer perspective. So I'm hoping we'll see less of that. Well, it's a good point because uh, I think we've all been there. We, we make a purchase based on a, a sale item or something we, we wanted to buy online. And it could be five years later and the randomized messages still come through. And it, it, like you say, the relevance and the targeting is just not there. But um, perhaps we could go on to discuss a little further, but... Perhaps some of the other approaches marketers could consider taking now ahead of these changes. Ahead yeah, of so obviously, yeah, I mean, hey, time is of the essence. Uh, yeah. The, you know, is users start upgrading and, and enabling the update. But I think first and foremost, if you have not already, and I'm sure most email marketers are doing this today, but please, please, please start running A-B tests on your subject line to really work to, to learn what works for your audience. You know, there is a huge wealth of information online about email subject lines, what makes a good subject line, but every audience is different. Um, so that would be number one. Um, I'd say the other thing to do pretty urgently would be for marketers to create uh, a before open 
rate benchmark, which can it can be compared to the after um, once that update occurs. And, you know, that should take into account parameters like pre-headers, send time, days of the week, calls to actions, just so you've got some solid benchmarks ahead of the change. Uh, and I think in doing that, what you'll actually get is a lot of insights into the impact and the difference you see in engagement, which will help marketers create more informed decisions in lieu of not having that data once the update goes live. It's, I've just been kind of thinking this through, but the, the challenge then is for marketers, it's not just the volume of data that you know they might have. As we've said, historically, huge amounts of information, as, as you described in your own experience uh, on your on your uh, customer choices and purchases, which actually can be varyingly successful in its approach, as it's proved when we kind of spoke about your experiences. So data management is going to become a bigger thing, right? I was wondering perhaps if you could uh, kind of see, uh, tell us a little bit about the approaches to that and maybe some of the things that were discussed at, at Reshape as well around that topic. Yeah, sure. So data management is always going to be a huge, huge priority for marketers whether you're an email online acquisition retention crm loyalty um data is at the key of everything that we do and i totally agree i think as we start generating more first party data that needs to be mapped segmented and used appropriately within an organization because not every scrap of data you get on an individual customer will be of equal value Um, The great thing about first-party data versus third-party data is typically it's incredibly accurate because it's coming from the individual themselves. You're not trusting on a third-party source or vendor. So it does allow for very superior targeting and creating that best user experience. Um, And I think the way you gather it is really important as well. I mean, you know, most people would think of first-party data gathering through a form or a survey, which it's not the case. You know, there are ways to gamify that experience, whether it's through polls, um, generating customer feedback right from within the email. So you're actually gathering first party data through um, email engagement within the body HTML. So that's really important too. And I guess then the onus is going to be on marketers to, to find new ways and new techniques and perhaps not rest on their laurels or resort to some perhaps some of the lazier tactics we've discussed. It's going to be a time to, to push themselves. And do you have any more advice on perhaps how they could succeed in a, succeed in a brave new world of privacy-first marketing? Yeah, I mean, I think as we edge into that world, it, it's going to become more and more critical for marketers to really create engagement strategies that are built on trust and it's a true value exchange for their customers which i don't believe is happening across the board today to be honest um and it's worth recognizing that marketers and companies that don't figure out a strategy to maximize um, and maintain and grow that access to first party data further down the line yes it's an easy strategy right now don't change anything but you know, in three months and six months time, those same companies are probably going to have to work 10 to 20% harder and spend 10 to 20% more on 